From the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the sounding board for the Utah School Counselors Association. How's everybody doing? Man, we're we're pretty well into school now. We're coming up on midterms for many of you guys, and I hope we're all surviving. I hope we're thriving, and if not, I hope that we are working together to get where we need to be. Just as matters of business, we have the USCA conference coming up here in November, so please go and get your tickets for that, um, your school hopefully pays for that and if not it is well worth it so many wonderful presenters including myself are going to be at that conference so everybody please be there today is going to be a shorter episode but today i wanted to talk about where should we be spending our time as school counselors as high school counselors as elementary school counselors as middle or junior high counselors and as high school counselors where should we be spending our time and is that different across the board We're going to be diving into all of that. Um, As most of you know, we have a Utah model for school counseling here in Utah. And it is kind of the golden standard. Um, We have a a national model, the American School Counselors Association. We have ASCA. But honestly, ASCA has modeled their stuff off of Utah. Um, Like ASCA says that we need to have 350 um, per student for our, our caseloads. Three, I mean, three fifty students. I mean, per counselor. Um, but USCA is like, no, we want to do better than that. We want two fifty. <laughs> so USCA is amazing. Anyway, USCA, uh, the the there's a Utah model for school counseling, and in that model, it has the time allocations, the time distribution that's recommended for us to be spending the majority of our time, and it's all split up into four different categories. They're split up into Plan for college and career readiness, direct services. Um, Collaborative classroom instruction, which is direct services. And then systemic approach to dropout prevention with social-emotional supports, which is also direct services. And then systemic program management, which is indirect sources. Now, across those, we see different things, right? We see different aspects and different activities. But every single one of our activities falls into one of those four categories Or if you're like, none of that is related to counseling, then there's non-counselor activities as needed. Now, we all have to do, um, back in the day, back when I got got licensed, we called it fair share contribution services. You You had to do your fair share of, of duties, fair share duties that you had to do in the school. Um, we try not to be the ones that are always just giving testing and being busy and never being available. That's not who we want to be as counselors, but we do need to do our fair share to help the school function. So, well, let's dive into where should we be spending our time. Let's talk first about the elementary school level. 
So at the elementary school level, we should be spending about 5 to 10% of our time for plan for college and career readiness with direct services. Now, understandably, that's a small amount of time dedicated specifically towards college and career readiness. Now, that makes sense because, well, we're in elementary school. We're not going to be talking about specific careers as much as we are going to be building habits with social-emotional supports. Um, and so specifically talking about careers and career days and stuff like that, it makes sense that only about 5 to 10% of our time is going to be spent towards that because these are little kids. However, I do feel like more of our time is spent towards college and career readiness because college and career readiness is so much more than talking about specific occupations. It is about, you know, building those soft skills that are actually really hard. Um, to help our students be successful for the future. Now, the two big ones in the elementary school level are collaborative classroom instruction and systemic approach to dropout prevention. With collaborative classroom instruction, you're spending 35 to 45% of your time, about half, half of all your time is going to be spent doing collaborative classroom instruction. That is just a fancy way of saying doing lessons in the classroom. As an elementary school counselor, you do a lot of lessons in the classroom. You do a lot of talking to the kids. You go around, you give your curriculum because there's a whole curriculum about social emotional needs, building good habits, really teaching kids those soft skills that aren't so soft that are actually pretty dang hard. You spend most of your time doing that as an elementary school counselor. Um, 35 to 45% of your time is going to be spent doing that. And then the other half of your time, 30 to 40 percent, um, that is going to be spent um, with systemic approach to dropout prevention. Those are your, the, your, your kids in crisis. Uh, those are the direct services talking about your emotional distress, your emotional needs, your emotional supports. Those are those kids, the kids that are struggling, that need someone right then, right now. That's going to be spent, the other majority of your time is going to be spent. And you'll notice that the far majority of all of your time, is going to be spent in direct services in some way, shape, or form. Um, whether it be through planning for college and career readiness, collaborative classroom instruction, um, or systemic approach to dropout prevention, those are all direct services. And I mean, you know, 10, 45, 40, we're looking at 65% of your time at least. No, sorry, not, not 65. I do math. 85, 95, 95% of your time about is going to be spent, 90 to 95, is going to be spent in direct services, working directly with the kids. Um, and that's that's how it should be. And then the matter of which you're doing that is going to be different, right? With elementary school, we're, we're focusing more on our lessons, social-emotional needs, um, and on systemic approach to dropout prevention. Um, because the reason why we spend so much time with dropout prevention is because in elementary school, we start to build those habits, right? Our, our chronic tardy kids, our chronic absent kids, our kids that are constantly in crisis, those are habits, believe it or not. And so knowing, being able to help build healthy habits when they're young makes all the difference when they get into the big kids school, right? When they get into high school. So that's why we spend a lot of time doing that. Now, that being said, things change ever so slightly once we get into middle school. In middle school, our, our time spent for planning for college or career readiness, it jumps from 5 to 10% clear up to 35 to 
Okay, that's a massive jump. Um, it's going from a fraction of your time to almost nearly half of your total time is spent talking about college and career readiness. And that's partially because, well, middle school, we want to get kids interested in furthering their education because high school is when it really counts. High school grades is when college, look at your college transcripts, look at your high school grades. Um, your high school classes can contribute to get at different pathways and things like that. And so middle school is when we really want to start hitting hard that college and career readiness, start thinking about different things you want to do, colleges you might want to go to. And then with collaborative classroom instruction, you're spending 20 to 25 to 35% of your time. And so you still want to be in the classroom quite a bit, about a quarter of your time versus half of your time in elementary school. And now your systemic approach to dropout prevention it's going to go down a little bit from about half your time to about another quarter of your time. So your time in the classroom and your time one-on-one -on -one with your crisis kids should take up about a quarter of your time. Um, and then the last part is going to be the same 10 to 15% for systemic program management. That's your behind the scenes stuff, right? That's taking care of planning things, calendar things, going to meetings, stuff like that. That should only take about 10% of your time, give or take. And so that's middle school, right? And that makes sense. The older you get, the more we're going to be talking about our colleges, your careers, your healthy habits, showing up on time, how to build a resume. We're going to get more into that. High school, though, once we get in high school, your college and career readiness planning time, it jumps from, from 35 to a whopping 45 to 55% of your time. And I'll tell you why. In high school, you have regular meetings called your PCCRs, right? Your plan for college and career readiness meetings. Those are direct services. And many schools, I know that Cypress High School is like this, they do a one-on-one -on -one meeting with every single kid. The PCCRs, they're my absolute favorite because it gives you a good chance to meet and to get to know all of your students, get to know their dreams, their likes, their dislikes, and then we get to list out all right, what steps do we need to take in order to get to where we want to go to? And that is awesome. And so we actually spend a lot of our time with these PCCRs, whether it be, I remember at Twilla High School, where I used to work, uh, we did freshmen and juniors were one-on-one, -on -one, and then sophomores and seniors were in a group setting. And so we spent a lot of time doing our PCCRs, whether it be in a pre-group to give them a little presentation to prepare them for the actual CCR um, or the actual CCR. But we spent loads of time. We're talking weeks and weeks and weeks that were spent doing CCRs, which is appropriate, about half of your time. Now, in high school, your collaborative classroom instruction, it goes down to 15 to 25% max. So still only about a quarter of your time should be spent with collaborative classroom instruction. You might be able to, you know, uh, collaborate with your health teachers and have segments where you're talking about, you know, healthy habits or social emotional learning or basically brushing up on those basic lessons that they taught in elementary and middle school. The goal is always to be building upon what was um, to be building upon what was taught in previous years. And so in theory, you shouldn't need to spend as much time because you're just reviewing, reviewing, reviewing. You're not starting from scratch like you were in elementary and middle school. Now, your time doing um, systemic approach to dropout prevention, 
This also is going to go down low. This is going to go to 15 to 20% in high school. And this can be kind of difficult because in as a high school counselor, I remember it felt like most of my time was spent either doing CCRs or talking with kids in crisis, like all the time. And that was difficult because I felt like I should be spending more time talking one-on-one with these crisis kids. But, but the program says I only should be spending 15 to 20%. The thing is, your plan for college and career readiness, those direct services, talking one-on-one with those kids, it should actually help to decrease the amount of times you have to see them in crisis um, with emotional supports. Now, that being said, if a kid is needs help, a kid needs help, you're going to give them what they need in that moment no matter what. That is your job as a counselor. So even though it's recommended, you give a certain amount of time, you're 15% of your time to that, some, t- some years you're going to have to give more. Sometimes you're going to struggle. Sometimes your kids are going to struggle. And that's just the nature and the beast of school counseling. There is there is no magic formula that somehow you're going to be able to spend all your time allocations to the percentile down to where they're supposed to be. There's going to be a few, you know, there's going to be a few things that aren't going to match up completely because that's the nature of the beast. That is school counseling right there. You're not going to have any two days that are the same. And honestly, that's something that I love about school counseling is because I know that no two days are going to be the same. I'm not going to fall into some monotonous rut of doing grunt work day in and day out. I don't know exactly what I'm doing every single day. I have a general idea, but I get to choose how I spend my time. But we have guides for how much time we spend in certain areas. Anyway, and the last bit, like all the other three areas, only 10 to 15% of your time should be spent doing program, systematic program management. Um, the behind the scenes stuff, right? Now, in every single one of these, you know, 85 to 90% of your time is going to be spent doing direct services to your students. And that's how it should be. Most of your time should be spent one-on-one with your students. And so if you feel like you are in your office just waiting for a tragedy to happen, then maybe let's change something. Let's be a little bit more proactive and find out what we can do to be more proactive in our school to spend time where we need to be spend time. Um, Things that you can use to help you figure out where you need to spend more time and what your school needs. Um, They have the RISE testing and the SOAR reports of each school. So you can see culturally where your students need the most help. And those are very useful. So you can look at the needs of the school to assess what you need to do differently from year to year. Because as school counselors, we should not be doing the same thing year in and year out because kids change every year. And so do we as school counselors. And our profession changes as well. And so we need to be adaptable and change the way that we are counseling kids as their needs evolve. And so there you go, guys. There's your breakdown for elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools of where you should be spending the majority of your time. I hope you guys found this podcast episode to be really, really valuable. Um, But yeah, uh, make sure to sign up for the Utah School Counselors Association for the USCA conference coming up in November. I'll try to have a link to that in the podcast description. Hope you all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next one.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.